the college football experience, Louisville Cardinals, 2023 season preview episode on the sports gamble and podcast networks brought to you by Circa sports. Yes. Circa sports is back with their Circa survivor and Circa millions contest. $14 million are up for grabs. People get all the details at circusports.com. And remember as always folks to let it ride. Hey folks, this is Bud Foster. You're listening to SGPN. Let's let it ride. Episode. Woo! I'm excited to talk uh, the Louisville Cards because their son is home. Their son is home. Look, and perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. Well, my name is Colby Swinging Database Dad, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists. <laughs> And lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Uh, would have killed a normal man, but now uh, no, that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. Um, and you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. And I'm after you, buddy. You're gonna pay for it. Good night. Yes. Yes. Let's go. The Brom family is Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> All right. You got to bring it back. His dad. This is his dad's name. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but his, his brother. They're all <laughs> bro- the whole Brahms, Brian, Jeff, Greg, whatever. All right. They're just Louisville. They're Louisville. Louisville gets. <laughs> I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, oh, yeah. is this the real quarterback? You? This is right, Johnny Unitas, Browning Nagel, <laughs> Jeff Brom, <laughs> Brian Brom, Lamar Jackson, oh Malik Cunningham. Can go on, Dave Ragone. Don't forget Dave Ragone. All right. Uh, all-time leader Chris Redman, Teddy Chris Bridgewater. Redman. Yeah. So I'm saying uh, the Butler. Look, uh, you got uh, Chris. This they say this guy's the Chris Redman of uh, this podcast. Uh, <laughs> give it up for the DFS God himself, the rooftop IPA drinking, home brew making, tobacco road living. The free lock given former, former Herndon Basketball League MVP, give it up for the NC Nick in the place to be. There we go. What's up, guys? Back to uh, the ACC. I mean, <laughs> ACC Nick woo! is in heaven. There you go. You get that. You get that. And look, folks, I can just say, uh, I think tide turning, I see, as I remember, I was raised in the desert, but tides kind of turn. It's easy to see a tide turn. <laughs> uh, did I say those words? 
I mean, this is it, right? He's home. He's home. This almost happened five years ago and, and credit to Jeff Brom or four years ago, whatever it was when he said, you know, I, they Purdue invested in me. I'm not going to leave them after just two years. And you know, he doubled down on Purdue, even though you knew he wanted to be, this is, this is He's an honorable human being. I mean, look, this is the Louisville Cardinals. This is a team that has, in my opinion, four national championships hit us up by the way, because Louisville, uh, if you need to claim those national championships, we are a publication over here at SGPN and the college football <laughs> experience. I will fill out any paperwork, but you have an undefeated in 47. Uh, an undefeated season in 1947. You have a one loss uh, season in, in 57 where the national champ had a one loss. Uh, same with 1990 where Jeff Brown was on that team. And then in 2013 as well. So uh, hit me up. I will fill out whatever paperwork you need. Claim those national championships because they're just, uh, they're, they're just as, as, you know, uh, there's so many phony national championships. I'm not saying these are phony, but I'm saying there's so many of these in throughout college football's history that uh, you, you, you're a fool if you're not claiming these. So get out there, claim these ones, uh, hit us up. Uh, but guys, Brahms home, Brahms home, and boy, I mean, look, Nick, what was your take when when Jeff Brom landed uh, back at back at the, the you know the, he's from Louisville, all right? He went to right. Trinity High School in Louisville. He was uh, Kentucky Mister Football back in 1988. Hmm. He's home. It's a perfect fit. I think Louisville fans are over the moon right now. They're excited for, for year one. They're excited for Brom to you know bring this team back up to where they should be. Cause let's face it. Louisville is in a talent rich area of the country. Their academic department will do whatever it takes to get a winner. And really they just need the perfect fit. And that should be Brom. And the sky is the limit for the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, Patty C what, what'd you think when they, when they first hired, when they first hired him, I mean, this is his dad coached high school football. He's just been connected. Even when he was at Purdue, he was back uh, talking in, in Louisville. I think it was two summers ago. Uh, and, and he's at, you know, the, these uh, meetings within high school football in Louisville. And I know that a for recruiting for Purdue, but also they were, they were, they were talking as in like, as if this guy's their next coach back then. So yeah. I mean, apparently they've been waiting for him and uh, look, they were happy to get rid of Scott Satterfield and uh, they got their guy. And I will say that they've had some pretty solid coaches in the past. Petrino, I thought Satterfield was okay. Snellenberger, Charlie strong, got him to a sugar bowl win. Uh, so this is a pretty good program, but for them to be in uh, their minds, ready to take another step forward has to be pretty exciting. This is a home run for me because look, people don't realize that at Purdue, their best receiver coming into last season, you could argue their best offensive player or their best player on the team was ruled academically ineligible, which in college football, that just doesn't happen these days. Right. <laughs> Especially at Louisville. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So he always had to do that. Even with grades, getting people into Purdue now, ah, oh, this is, this is a home run. And you add in the NIL collective and you add in the fact that this, I actually believe this, like if you were to, to list the ACC coaches, I uh, see just in the big 10 West, he was going up against you know, Paul Chris, Kirk Ferentz, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, Brett Bielma and, and PJ Fleck, which are just, I think really all really good coaches. Well, he comes into the ACC where there's a lot of, I'm not going to say shitty coaches, but mystery <laughs> coaches, like, like the where would you put ones. him? Where would you like instantly? I would put him as in the top three or four in, 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 in all of the ACC. 
when he walks in, you know, where, whereas before in the big 10 West, you could make a case that he was, you know, somewhere in the mix there, you could make a case that he was, you know, the, the, the least uh, experienced coach or the least talented coach. Let me push back a little bit in six years at Purdue. He was 36 and 34. He was overall, he was 26 and 25 in the big 10. Can I, his last two years were pretty good. Nine and four and eight and five. But it's not like he like crushed it at Purdue. He did a good job at Western Kentucky, you know. But I mean, no, let's no, not no, just no. put him up at number three or four. I in the would, ACC. I just, would, yeah, I would. And my main reason is, is, is if you go back and look at at essentially what first off, they were three and seven before, or three and nine before he came there, right? They hadn't had a winning season forever. Year one, he steps in, has a winning season, seven and six. Then in the second in the second season he gets back to a bowl. Now they lose, and then the third season, which I think everyone thought that they would have a monster year, he lost David Blau, who's now in the NFL. But uh, the first game of the season tears his ACL. Your quarterback's out for the whole year, right? Hadn't built that depth yet, and they they paid the the price for that. Then you had the COVID season, which they struggled. But then you look at the past two years, two nine win seasons. I think this guy's a fantastic coach, and and I I, and I would I would push back just because I know. Purdue, the way that they bring in players, it's it's harder than them than most institutions. So, let me rattle off the ACC coaches. You give me the thumbs up if he's better, thumbs down if he's worse, or just say better yeah. or worse. Uh, Davo Swinney, <laughs> I will say worse. no, but I think I I I'm curious to see the future. Okay, yeah. Dave Clawson, no mm. worse. Well, I I think I I think if you put Brom at Wake, he'd probably be doing similar stuff after a while. Yeah, Clawson's had time yeah, to get one. his thing in place. Yeah, tough one. Uh, Mac Brown, he's better than Mac Brown. Not in terms I, of I career accomplishments. I, no, I think I better. agree. Yeah. At this point, I think I agree. North Carolina wasn't blowing the doors off the world and lighting the world on fire before he got. There. They'd have some good years. They'd have some bad years. Granted, he's not killing it exactly right now, but they're pretty good. They're pretty. He's good. better than Jeff. He's better than Mac Brown. That's questionable. Dave Dorn, uh, better. Uh, Dino Babers. That's better. questionable, by the way. Uh, Dino Babers. Better. Yes. Yeah. Pat Narduzzi. Better. Questionable. Pitt's been crushing it lately. Yeah, in-game coaching matters, guys. All right, I've never seen <laughs> Jeff Brom. I've never seen Jeff Brom kick a field goal at the one-yard line. Down four. Down four with a minute <laughs> with a minute thirty seconds left. I, I've never seen Narduzzi. Him. I don't have the, his record in front of me at Pitt, but uh, is much better than Brom's at Purdue. Yeah, well, of course, I hope so. The this is my point: is in the ACC. Oh, don't say the Big Ten West was that great. What was the last time the Big Ten West won anything great? Whenever they play the ACC, probably. You're saying <laughs> so. Uh, the ACC Atlantic had Clemson and Florida State. Florida State's been ass lately. You can't claim one good season. Well, I had Clemson, and well, actually, and that's another point that now that they're not stuck in the Atlantic, and yeah. we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk schedule yet. But that could be a, that could benefit no, and, Louisville and, greatly. And Narduzzi was in the coastal. He was able to just benefit off of playing Virginia, Georgia Tech, and all these terrible. Even teams. in yeah. the uh, <laughs> Big Ten West, he's likely to face at least Mich- one Michigan. Yeah, and they play nine game conference schedule Ohio too. State or yeah. Penn State a year, who's yeah. usually one of those teams is on Clemson's level, if not better. Uh, I would say better. yes, he's better. Well, Ohio State and Michigan. Well, I don't not know about better. Clemson's been winning national championships. What have, what have they been doing? 
How long has uh, Brom State been there? Won, when was right? the last time yeah. Clemson won a yeah. national championship? I said national championships. What I'm saying plural. is, have they won well, a national still, championship? It, anyway, not going to put up with y'all's <laughs> slander on the ACC. Dude, we're talking honestly, about ACC but, team. But, but top three coach. Let's see. He, let's keep yeah, going. Yeah, uh, Mike Elko. Better. Well, he has a longer. Elko have only seen one year, but I would I would t- I would trust Brown more right now. Okay, well, yeah. Mac Brown's got a longer resume than uh, yes, but Brown's better than Mac Brown. Mm-hmm. Mac Brown's just does Mac Brown do any type of coaching? He just sits there. Brown is better than Brown. <laughs> Agree. Like, I'm a Duke fan, but you have to give it up to Brown over El- Elko right now, just because Elko only has one year under his belt. Okay, Mike Norvell. Oh, 100 percent, Brown. Okay. Gotta go, Brown. Yeah, Jeff Halfley. Brown. Brown. Brent Pry. Brown. Brown. Tony Elliott. Mario Cristobal. Brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's All up right. there. Maybe yeah. he's top three or top four, top, at least top five. Okay. So he's a good coach. It's a perfect fit. And the question is how soon can he make things happen there? Yeah. And, and I would argue very soon. We're going to talk all about it. I'm going to get, we're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about the defense. We're going to talk about Johnny Unitas. We're going to talk about the special teams. <laughs> all right. And then we're going to talk about the transfer portal as well. But before we do all that, I want to tell you that the college football experience, Louisville Cardinals preview is brought to you by Circus Sports. Yes, Circa Millions plus Circus Survivor are back at $14 million in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs. Circa Millions, uh, five NFL picks ATS each week. That's how that works. Come on, best record wins. And then Circus Survivor, you just pick a different money line winner each and every week. And if you get to the end, you take home a shit ton of cash. Circus Sports uh, is fantastic. Uh, you know, enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Uh, Sports Gambling Podcast crew will be out there last weekend in August. So if you're in that in, in the area, hit us up. Uh, CircusSports.com for all those details. Once again, CircusSports.com. What would you do with fourteen million dollars? Oh yeah, do a lot. Maybe hire yourself a Jeff Brom. All right. Uh, look, CircusSports.com. Check it out. All right, we are back on the Louisville Cardinals 2023 season preview episode. Uh, folks, a lot of why I'm super excited on this team. If you've heard me in the earlier in the off season is what they've done in the transfer portal um, and the NIL collective. But uh, let's talk about what they lost. Cause they did lose guys. Kalib Johnson at the quarterback spot is gone. Also Nathan McElroy gone Two quarterbacks deep on that bench gone. They did lose Travion Cooley at the running back spot who got some burn with Scott Satterfield. He's now the penciled in starter at Georgia tech. So they'll play him uh, week one at that filthy roller rink in Atlanta. Uh, they lost running back Jalen Mitchell to Jim Mora jr. And Yukon. They lost wide receiver D Wiggins following Satterfield to Cincinnati. They lost tight end Francis Sherman to the Arkansas Razorbacks and wide receiver chance Morrow. Who's still in the portal. They lost tight end Christian Peterson to the airport FIU flying high. <laughs> they also lost Braden Smith. He followed Scott Satterfield to Cincinnati. Uh, they lost uh, another offensive lineman, Luke Kendra, who followed Scott Satterfield to Cincinnati as well. Aaron Gunn is another offensive lineman that's still in the portal. They did lose defensive lineman Caleb Banks, who was a stud for them a year ago to the Florida Gators. Uh, they lost defensive lineman Henry Bryant to Georgia State. Also, defensive lineman Zach Edwards, who's still in the portal, and defensive lineman Carl Biddings to Indiana. Linebacker Monty Montgomery, great name. He is uh, now at Ole Miss. He heads out. Linebacker Dorian Jones, who started for them a year ago, is at Cincinnati following Satterfield. Uh, linebacker KJ Cloyd goes to the Miami Hurricanes, and safety Nicario Harper, penciled in as a starter at the Illinois fighting a with Brett Bielma also lost cornerback Jeremiah Caldwell. Who's in the portal 
Cornerback Rance Connor also went to the East Carolina Pirates. I can completely understand the logic there. Uh, punter Mark Vassett heads out to the Colorado Buffaloes, and kicker James Turner to the Michigan Wolverines. That's a lot of names, guys. What five, four or five guys followed uh, followed Satterfield to Cincinnati? Coaching change. Just saying, they 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 saw you know where that program's going versus Louisville. Wow! Credit to Louisville. How Shots fired. Taking the lead in that series. Shots fired uh, on the strength of that bowl win, 23-22 all time for those cross town almost rivals. At the shack, baby. What a great rivalry. Yeah. Uh, um, James Turner. That's a huge loss as the kicker. Thirty-eight to thirty-nine extra points. Twenty of twenty-two field goals. Michigan getting a nice one there. But incoming. Wait, real quick. Monty yeah. Montgomery, by the way, second tackling leader. That's the guy they lost to. Yeah. Who do? Uh, they, to Ole Miss, Ole they, Miss. They, they got raided some, but that they were super aggressive back in the portal though. Six and this sacks is, too. This is what I want to talk about. They bring in Jack Plummer, starting quarterback from Cal. Jack Plummer played three years with Jeff Brown at Purdue. He backed up Aiden O'Connell, even started some of the games when they had a quarterback competition. And they're on good terms with him. Apparently, they were the ones that helped him get to Cal, right? So Jack Plummer coming in to me was like that's one of the best transfers I think the entire football season. Uh, but they also bring in Brady Allen, a four-star from Purdue, following over Jeff Brom, and also former five-star Harrison Bailey, who was at Tennessee, transferred to UNLV, struggled really struggled at UNLV last year. Now he comes into Louisville. The quarterback whisper, Jeff Brom, can he revive his career? Perhaps. Then they go out in the portal and they get running back Isaac Garendo from uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. All right, adding him from the Badgers. Then a huge one here, Jamari Thrash coming in from Georgia State. He was Georgia State's top wideout a season ago. Who we previewed Georgia State. No one Didn't had he like lead the yeah, nation and yeah, I he's mean, a stud. He is a complete stud. So uh, and, and I this like to think he James James Thrash's son, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> or not. Uh, but look, I mean, what they did in the portal at the wide receiver position, Kevin Coleman. If you watch the celebration bowl at Jackson at Jackson State, he did not follow Dion to Colorado. He got paid by Louisville. And this guy's a stud. Thrash was 13th in the nation in receiving yards. Yeah. And then Kevin Coleman from Jackson State. And then Jimmy Callaway coming over from the Tennessee Volunteers. Also, Jaden Thompson from the Cincinnati Bearcats to the Louisville Cardinals. Mm. We got a little trade going on here. Also, Joey Gatewood, who's a wide receiver slash quarterback. Remember him? He was a big recruit yeah. from UCF yeah. to Louisville. Uh, comes in and then Virginia starting offensive tackle. John Paul Flores transfers into Louisville. Uh, Shots fired. Rutgers offensive lineman Willie Tyler transfers into Louisville. Uh, starting offensive lineman Lance Robinson from the Houston Cougars transfers into the Louisville Cardinals. And then Purdue starting tackle from a year ago, Eric Miller transfers into the Louisville Cardinals. Nice. Uh, then they go out and get another offensive tackle and Vincent Lumia from Duquesne in the FCS. Another. Uh, Houston transfer in Trevante Sylvester uh, comes in, and then Penn State defensive end Rodney McGrew comes into the Louisville Cardinals. Stanford defensive end uh, Stephen Heron, who started with the Stanford Cardinals a year ago, transfers into Louisville. Georgia State defensive lineman Jeffrey Clark transfers into Louisville. Linebacker Keith Brown from the Oregon Ducks to the Louisville Cardinals. Georgia cornerback Marcus Washington. This is a four star. Transfer, like not four star to high school. I think he might have even been a five star, but four star transfer from the Georgia Bulldogs to the Louisville Cardinals. Also, cornerback, four star uh, transfer from AM, Marquise Rose. Cleaning up. Yeah. 
Now this the is what NIL, we expected. Buddy, the NIL. <laughs> Marquise Groves Kilbrew or Killebrew comes in from Texas A&M. Virginia safety Cam Kelly transfers into Louisville. Uh, former former uh, four star recruit uh, Storm Duck from Nor- from North Carolina transfers into Big Louisville. Name. Yeah. Safety Devin Neal, who started at Baylor for Dave Aranda last year, transfers into Louisville. How many defensive yeah. backs did they get? Safety Gilbert Frierson from the Miami Hurricanes transfers into Louisville. Uh, and that is, I believe, I think they brought in another North Carolina corner uh, that is not on this it's list. Like ten, but yeah, fi- uh, power five defensive backs. <laughs> I mean, guys, uh, twenty-five uh, total commits. They ranked fourteenth in the country, bringing in uh, in the transfer portal as far as acquisitions. Well, and to me, Jack Plummer and Brady Allen, both familiar with uh, Brom's system, I love. Like to me, they definitely won the portal because of the quarterback scenario. I know Malik Cunningham graduated and he's off to playing in, I don't know, the USFL, whatever. Um, he's on the Patriots, I believe. I think okay. they're trying to there play my wide receiver. There we go. But my point he's is. He's not a small loss. He is not a small loss. He was no, a but getting Jack Plummer, who's a Plummer's stud. A, yeah, a huge yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just bull. I think they won the transfer portal. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they lost a lot, but that's to be expected where there's a coaching change. But they were very aggressive in bringing in players. A lot of it was NIL driven. I guess they have bourbon money in Louisville or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, they did a great job in the portal. The question is how quickly can you mix all these guys? That, and that's a question for so many college football teams, you know, whether you're sure. in Arizona state, I just previewed. I, I think state. Louisville yeah. has to be Louisville has to be like one of the top 10 or 20, as far as people coming and going, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not, they're not Colorado, but they're, they're more like Arizona state. Yeah. Yeah. But, when you think about Louisville, I think Louisville has been like, you know, by the nation probably overlooked as a potential powerhouse for a long time, just being stuck in the what conference USA or the AAC. Yeah. They finally got right. to the ACC and uh, you know, it's been, they haven't blossomed. I mean, they've, they've had good years, but uh, they're, they're kind of like an sec kind of team. You know, well, they have an sec culture, you know, where it's, it's not a great academic school and only show whatever it, it takes to win. Yeah. And only showing so, town. I mean, that's yeah. Like, so they really are a, a sleeping giant. They're in a decent sized city. You know, geographically speaking, they're in a pretty good place as far as talent goes. So you could argue that Louisville is definitely a. a sleeping there's some giant. history there. You know, they could. Yeah, I mean, is Brown the guy? A lot of guys he's bringing in. Hopefully, a, a sign of things to come. We think that maybe they'll be uh, pretty competitive here in the ACC. Oh, I, I love. Yeah. I don't know that they. I think Kentucky doesn't want them. In the SEC, I know. Yeah. Well, Kentucky doesn't want them good in general, and if Brom can create a buzz, watch out. Look, last year Scott Satterfield was the head coach. He's gone to Cincinnati, and and Louisville was glad that Cincinnati picked up that tab and gave them a bunch of money, because <laughs> um, they thought they were but they were on the verge of buying them out, and then they wake up one day and they're like, wait, they're giving us money? Oh, fantastic! <laughs> uh, Louisville's offense, though, which Satterfield ran seventy third in scoring offense a season ago. 23rd in rush offense, 98th in pass offense, charting at 48th best offense. You guys want to make a, a bet? I guarantee you that he will have this offense above 48th. Oh yeah, I mean, well, it does it first off, those numbers last year are a bit jaded cuz Malik Cunningham missed what three and a half games That's or something. That's true. Fair. You Fair. know, especially towards the, towards the end of the season, I think that the backup uh Doman. Yeah, but he, uh, they brought- won some games with him though. <laughs> Yeah, well, they lost yeah. a couple also. Yeah. You know, I, you know, two of their five regular season losses were with Doman uh, at the helm instead of Cunningham, which was obviously a, a huge drop. Sure, off. sure. Yeah. Uh, so those numbers are, yeah. I mean, that, 
but a, a, if anything, you know, they were running the ball more at the end of the year and playing better defense than you, you, oh, which you the, usually saw at Louisville. Well, the defense really stood out from a year ago, For 11th sure. in the country in scoring defense, 37th in rush defense, 22nd in pass defense. Uh, so they had the very most good sacks defense. in the nation. Yeah, most sacks, most sacks in the nation. Although yeah. they're losing a lot of that. Yeah, and they're True. losing the D coordinator who followed them to Cincinnati. So, uh, like, okay, I expect regression there, but I expect the offense to be to be flying. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, looked at this. Malik Cunningham and uh, Lamar Jackson, or Lamar Jackson and Malik Cunningham, are the number one and three rushers respectively all time in Louisville history. That's a lot of a running from the quarterback position. Is those there, days are over? You think it's going to be a pretty seamless transition to a pass-first system for them? Uh, yeah, with what I mean, he went out. It's not. It's it's a brand new team. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You think know what I mean? Is. Like, uh, so I I think he'll have success doing that. Um, yeah, I just I feel good looking at the offense. Plum- I should say a traditional pass, and they still have Brock Domain, by the way. By the way, or Domain, Domain. What's the domain on Brock? Um, <laughs> Uh, Jack Plummer's penciling to be their starting quarterback, but like I mentioned, they have Brady Allen, the four star. I know he's still a, fre- a redshirt freshman. They they nice uh, to have a fifth year senior who's who's familiar with the offense. When you go through a transition, I think it's crucial to have a quarterback who's familiar with it, and that is that old, so that helps you know so much. Yeah, then you have Jawar Jordan at the running back spot. who was third team ACC a year ago. He's back. Uh, he came out of nowhere. He 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 transferred from from Syracuse a couple of years ago. Tyon Evans, who they got from Tennessee, he got hurt, and Jordan came out of nowhere and ran for uh, over 100 yards in four of the last five games. Yeah, yeah, and and then you go you look at the receivers. I'm kind of bullish on their receivers. Jamari Thrash, Kevin Coleman. They got Chris Bell, who was a a a, a, a true freshman a year ago, but but also Jaden Thompson coming in from Cincinnati. Um, and then Amari Huggins, Bruce also still there as well. Uh, the tight end spot, obviously they had Marshawn Lloyd a year ago. He's off to the NFL. So I, what did I say? Lloyd. Oh. He was a running back from South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. I'm sorry. Marshawn Ford, Marshawn Ford and uh, tight end Jamari Johnson's a freshman. They got penciled in as a starter. I, that's I'm a little, that's a little red flag. I'm a little uncertain there on how that will work, but uh, the offensive line, you bring back Brian Hudson. Or I'm sorry. You, you bring in Brian Hudson, who is a senior that started uh, two years at Virginia tech. You also have uh, Lance Robinson coming in from middle Tennessee and then John Paul Flores from Virginia and then Willie Tyler from Rutgers and then the kid from Purdue. So you really have a brand new offensive line, but they've all started <laughs> brand new, brand new receivers, but they've all started in college football. Sure. Talented, yeah, I mean, yeah. experienced, but not together. Yeah. Right. So, so th- I mean, so what obviously- you need is a, a slow start to the schedule in order to get on the same page. And we're not going to go there yet, but that's exactly what Louisville has. Yeah. And then defensively, as we were talking about the defense, uh, they do return real quick uh, about the offense. Plummer, uh, I think what gets maybe overlooked, and he had a good season last year 62% completion percentage, 21 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Solid, right? 3000 yards, but, but that was under Musgraves offense, right? Was terrible the two years prior yeah. to that. Now he did yeah. it, have a little bit of a tough freshman year, not a bad one, but 59 or 60% completions, 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions. But in his sophomore and junior year, it looked like he was hovering around 70% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. And if that, that's what he's going to be dude, cranking out on Brown- that race with him and Aiden O'Connell, who's now in the NFL yeah, was very close. Yeah, That was a very close race. So that's why I think this is such a huge get for them. Plummer uh, threw for over 400 against USC last year. I mean, it's not yeah, like USC yeah. had the greatest defense, but still, it shows you what he's capable of doing on a Cal offense, which was 
Yeah. Not the most, yeah. you know, yeah. not a Brom offense. The well, they didn't right. even like to stretch. The, they didn't even like to pass. Like, right. So the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, if you're looking at college football starters, they're bringing back three of four on the defensive line. Now that's Stephen Heron coming in from Stanford, but the other one, Desmond tell is back at the uh, defensive tackle spot and defensive end Ashton uh, Gillette is back uh, or yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that shit, but um, he's back at the uh, <laughs> Gillette. Yeah. Galate. Galate yeah. could be. Um, but they are breaking in new defensive tackle, Jermaine Lowell, who but he comes over from Arizona State. So it just a brand new a brand new team, really. The linebacking. I mean, Galate seven sacks last year. That's a huge one to get yeah, back. Yeah, huge to get back. Linebacking core, you're only bringing back uh one in Benjamin Perry, but once again, you bring in all these transfers. It's it's really hard to get a gauge here. Keith Brown comes in from Oregon. Uh, you know, so Okay. And then you bring in, uh, you have Stanquan Clark, a freshman they're excited about, as well as the Miami transfer, uh, Frierson. I don't know. I mean, the defensive backfield, though, I can, I'm kind of bullish on the defensive wait, backfield. Wait, real quick, uh, between Yasir uh, Abdullah, nine and a half sacks, Yaya Diaby both went pro, nine sacks, and Monty Montgomery, who transferred, you said six sacks. Yeah. Huge portion of the pass rush missing there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and that was such a big, big thing about, about, about that defense last year was a pass rush. So that's going to be hard to replicate a hundred percent. But Purdue also was great at developing. Uh, they had a, what, uh, what's his, what's what's the guy's name? John a blank uh, defensive. The Greek was, freak? Yeah. The Greek the, freak in the uh, past Carl Lapkus or something. Yeah. Uh, so they've been doing a solid, solid job, Ron English. And, uh, and, and so Ron, Ron English is the DC um, as well as what they have. I think they have two DCs, right? Mark Hagen as well. So, uh, they were both at Purdue and, and I'm excited. I'm telling you the secondary MJ Griffin, getting him from temple Cameron Kelly is the other guy they bring in from North Carolina. So Cameron Kelly, storm duck, MJ Griffin, Josh Minkins, uh, who was there a year ago. Then you have Jarvis Brownlee, who uh, I think w- was a Florida state transfer the year prior, 12, good. 12 yeah. passes defended. That's like the next best guy on the team had four last year. So yeah, yeah. He's their bringing, stud. Back. Bringing him back, Benjamin Perry's back. Um, they're also going to be breaking in uh, Quincy Riley, another Middle Tennessee transfer. I mean, it's hard. I, I get it. This is like doing Colorado, where you're just like, <laughs> uh, can they play cohesively? Yeah, you, you know, you what think I mean? they're pretty good. You think they're talented. I mean, they, they've gotten starts under the belt at at major programs, so you think they'll be okay, but it might just take some time. Yeah. So Patty, see what do you make of the offense, the defense? Yeah, like you said, talented, but um, let's see how it all gels together. I am super impressed with the number of uh, you said an Oregon defensive back, two North Carolina defensive backs, a Georgia defensive back, defensive end, starting defensive end from Stanford, a defensive end from Penn State. Uh, just, just uh, even if they're backups yeah. at those schools, they're probably pretty good. Miami, players. yeah, nice to uh, add yeah, to the uh, the you, fold. You got a, just a ton of guys. They are breaking in a new kicker and punt or something to note if they're in close oh, games. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to go game by game on the schedule and talk uh, Louisville Cardinal college football, 2023. But before we do that, I want to tell you that the Louisville Cardinals, 2023 preview on the college football experience is brought to you by underdog fantasy. Yes. Uh, best ball mania is here. And underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes and underdog pick is a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. There's so, so many ways to win over an underdog. And when college football season comes around, they have great props too. I know we we took the past couple of years we've been with Underdog. We've been we've been 
uh, in really enjoying their, their college football player props. So check out underdog. It's available in so many different States. You can head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for hundred percent deposit bonus up to hundred dollars. Once again, that's underdogfantasy.com. promo code S G P N. All right. Uh, we are back talking Louisville Cardinals and hopefully you're, you're subscribed to. Uh, so we host the college football experience, but we also host the college, f- uh, the FCS college football experience. Uh, we also host the college basketball experience, right? Where college basketball season tips. I will be here every single night of the season talking college hoops and we have our season preview series coming. We have an ep- episode scheduled for this current week, but so hopefully subs- Louisville has a little better of a season this year. Yes. Than they did yes. Last. The Kenny Payne era year two, <laughs> they got some good guys in the transfer I'm, uh, transfer portal. I'm excited about uh, also the college baseball experience. Louisville has a good team, right? So uh, we host Sluggers, all of those se- separate podcasts. Yeah. Uh, separate podcast. So subscribe to all of those feeds, but we come together as one on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. So subscribe over there and please hop on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review guys. We're back. We're talking the graph. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the graphic here using the old Malik Cunningham photo, but uh, you see the sweet graphic done by our, our graphics guy, Cam Kerr and, and the wind total setting at eight, sitting at eight. First, High expectations. First thought, Patty. See, now this team, what they won eighty a year ago, but man, to bring in all those players, can they get to eight without they looking won at the seven, seven in the regular season? Okay, only that's what matters. Yeah, but but can we real quickly talk about some of these losses? Four point loss against Florida State. They should have beat Florida One State. One point loss against you Boston remember that College Florida on State the road. Game? They should have beat Florida State. Yeah, fifteen point loss at Clemson. That's a tough place to play with a backup quarterback. They did what, Clemson with a backup quarterback. No, uh, Louisville, Louisville with, with oh, yeah. Doman, and then a thirteen-point loss at Kentucky, which you know, with yeah. the back of a quarterback with Doman again. Yeah, so they, I mean, they were they were a very good team last year, low key, um, but it's a whole new team this year. Off the cuff, it seems doable, but not not like Nick. It, what was your first reaction on eight? Yeah. My first reaction was that's too high. I mean, that means you have to hit win nine to. To win the bet, and for me, it was like, all right, Malik Cunningham by far their best player's gone, and a new coaching staff. That sounds really high. Was my initial reaction. Yeah, I think maybe, but I was so bullish on the hire that I just thought, okay, they could. They, if you listen to us earlier in the off season, I was just bullish on them. So let's. You know, I mean, it took uh, Brom five seasons to win nine games at Purdue. True, but they were awful. When 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 he took <laughs> when he took them over, yeah. we've already a much gone over easier that. road to hoe. Yeah, Let I'm just saying, like without looking at the schedule, it seemed high. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, when Vegas doesn't give the the half game, right? Uh, does that mean? I mean, are they losing action when they do that? I feel like that entices action, you know. And when you just give a flat eight, it seems like like we've mentioned before, that's because that's exactly what they think they're gonna get. They they if they the team goes over, they're going to lose money. If the team goes under, they're going to, uh, you know, I- I- either way, if they don't hit it perfectly, then they're afraid of losing money. Right. So they're, they're seeing exactly eight, but I feel like they lose action. So that means I think Vegas is probably pretty sure that eight wins is where they should get to where they reside. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, let's get to it because week one, this is a stupid, stupid game for Georgia tech to do uh, at the Mercedes Benz stadium, whatever that stupid stadium in Atlanta. Uh, one of the worst stadiums in all of, in all of the land. Uh, they could play this at Bobby Dodd. It would be fucking great. Instead, they're playing it here, where I actually think Louisville might have more fans. Um, Brent Key, turnkey program, Georgia Tech, right? They won a Natty in '90. Um, Patty, 
Brent Key gonna be able to take down Jeff Brom and uh, the Louisville Cardinals? I don't think so. I, I think the dome helps Jeff Brom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, throwing the ball around yeah. typically uh, a dome is good for that. I got Louisville uh, against Georgia Tech. Nick? Funny thing is that Louisville's never beaten Georgia Tech. They've played twice as ACC opponents. Uh, and well, Paul Johnson. Games, I, I know it's you know it doesn't really matter for this yeah. year, but in two in 2020, which wasn't Paul Johnson, uh, Georgia Tech won 46-27, and then in 18, it was Paul Johnson, uh, that, I believe. That's the greatest game ever. That's when 66-31. Well, that's when Brian Van Gorder, the defensive coordinator, yes. had called out yes. Paul Johnson's offense and said it wasn't yes. it was this bullshit, and and, and Paul Johnson just. Just owned it. Paul Johnson needs to be back in college football, folks. Uh, Nick, you got a one and zero or what? Yeah, I mean, look, two new head coaches, but I said Louisville was number the fourteenth best team in the transfer portal. Georgia Tech was forty seventh. That tells me Louisville did a better job of bringing in talent, and they started off as a more talented team anyway. So uh, give me Louisville. Patty C, is this the uh, the best game on Friday night of opening week? I'm not probably. I am a little intrigued about that Miami Ohio Miami Florida game. Yeah. The Battle of Miami's, um, but yes, this is the best game. Um, gotcha. I'm going Louisville. All right. Well, week two the, on Thursday night, the Murray State Racers coming into town. Murray State was awful last year in the FCS, so I do expect Louisville to put it on Murray State. Nick, yeah, of course. Patty, yeah. Okay, and then they get some extra rest because that's a Thursday game. They head to the Indianapolis Stadium, another terrible stadium. Uh, <laughs> I forget what it's called. Lucas oil. This stadium sucks. There you go. Uh, once again, I, I actually fully expect, I mean, I guess Indiana does have fans, but I expect this to be almost 50, 50 with, with Louisville fans, For maybe, sure, maybe, not. yeah, may, maybe 60, 40. I don't know, but in Louisville's favor. Yeah. And, and I got them. I, I think Indiana's do do to have uh Tom Allen's last season. So I, I, I got Louisville winning this one. I got him three and zero. If you listen to our Indiana preview, I, I, have, I was all over Louisville. So Patty C, I think you're right. This probably is in terms of fan turnout, a, a true neutral site game, despite being in, in, in Indianapolis. Um, so I'm going to go Louisville there three and zero. I mentioned before guys, whenever you have a, either a young team or a team with a bunch of new faces, you know, you want a couple games under your belt in order for them to gel. And uh, this is a perfect early season schedule for Louisville because they're not playing anybody <laughs> that, that's that great at all. I think they are more talented than Indiana, and I think they'll win this too. And no true uh, road games here in the first four weeks. Yeah, yeah. And Only then- three true road games on their entire schedule. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, if you're a Louisville fan <laughs> from a college football standpoint, you're like, no, let's play, let's play some more road games. I hate neutral site games like this, like the Indiana and Georgia tech games. I hate yeah. those. I think they're terrible. I think they're, they're is a wannabe NFL games. And there's a reason why I'm not hosting the NFL fucking show because I like <laughs> college football and th- those are NFL bullshit games. Um, Boston college comes to Louisville, Kentucky. So it comes to the shack. Used to be Papa John Stadium, but, uh, but Papa John, it's now Shack. The Shack. Remember, we were on this. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, this is a uh, this is another win for Louisville. I know BC got them a year ago, but I think Louisville's better right now. So BC's will- uh, four and two over the last six. Again, that probably doesn't mean anything for this game. So uh, especially at home, yeah, give me Louisville. Patty, revenge spot was. Uh, uh, it's a one point game a year ago. Was was what's his name playing? Was, Cunningham, I think, did play. No, this I game. mean uh, oh. for uh, for Boston College, Jerkovich. Uh, I think so. I think he did he? play okay, this so one. Okay, so that yeah. could be a difference maker. I'm still going to give it to Louisville. So four and zero, oh, and then the big this stretch starting right here 
I think will dictate their season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all they got to do with the road games that I'm about to mention the next three, two of the next three are in the road are on the road. All they got to do to me is go one and one, right? They just need to win one. Uh, but at there's a Friday night at NC state. Now I, it's interesting. NC state was kind of a physical team a year ago, but now they, they're bringing Brendan Armstrong and Robert and I, so they're going kind of spread. I do think they'll probably be better on offense, but at the same time, I almost think that caters to Jeff Brown's style that, you know, if you're going to beat him, I think he struggles with the Iowa, the Iowa philosophy. But when it comes to taking on another uh, team that can, can air it out, I think it's, I think it helps Jeff Brown's chances. Um, True 50, 50 game to me, but obviously NC state's got a good home crowd. This is, this is i uh, I'm going to give this one to NC state. Nick. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually wearing an NC State hat right now, and I do I do plan on being in attendance. Uh, it is it should be a fun game, and it could really go either way. But I am going to lean the Wolfpack here. First true road game for Louisville on the year, and I think they drop it. I mean, this game is the one though that is the make or break on the over and the under, or the push, I should say. Uh, not necessarily, not for me. I feel like I mean. With the exception of like, I guess Miami, and well, we'll get there. But like, to me, the games that they're supposed to win or they probably will win are easy to predict, and the games that they're going to be dogs in are pretty easy to predict as losses. And it's eight and four. That's why Vegas has it at eight. This is a loss, but I think this is the best chance they have against any of those teams that really? should be losses. I look at their schedule, and I know we're going game by game. I don't even see a clear cut loss. Notre Dame. No. I don't think Notre Dame's very good. You know, I mean, they lost to Stanford and Marshall a year ago. That, that Why can't Louisville beat them early in uh, in uh, Marcus uh, Freeman's tenure, and then he turned it around and had a pretty damn good end. They got them. hit pretty bad in the. He portal. also yeah. kept it pretty close against Ohio State for you know. 15 sure, minutes. but that's not a for sure loss. It's not a for Notre sure. Dame, loss. Notre Dame, Louisville hasn't been a for sure loss since nineteen fucking eighty. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, yeah, we haven't even mentioned that. So now that there's no Atlantic, Louisville has the luxury of not playing Clemson this year, not playing Florida State this year, and also they don't play North Carolina. Most people probably or, or think Wake that's the Forest top. or Wake yeah, Forest to another contender. But yeah, most people think that the top three teams in the ACC are Clemson, Florida State, UNC. Louisville doesn't get any of them. What they do get is probably what we can all agree on is the worst 14. Well, the worst three teams in the ACC. So their, their conference schedule is super, super nice. So the Notre Dame game to me, I have them. I have like, I'll put it like this. They're they're, they're September 29th is at NC state. They're home to Notre Dame on October 7th and at Pitt. I think they're probably going to go two and one. They could go one and two here, right? I think they're probably going to go two and one though. They could also go. zero and three. It's certainly possible. I got them going. zero and three. I'm with Patty C actually. I think Notre Dame is by far the more physical team here. I think the physicality you lean the Irish, they get that win. And then I think they also lose at Pitt. Pittsburgh coming off of a bye. I think they lose three in a row. And before you come at me, Louisville fans, I think they're going to finish the season nicely, but this is a tough stretch where I mean, it could it could really be anything. It could be three and zero, two and one, one and two, or zero and three. Yeah, it's it's really it's hard. Tough stretch here. Yeah. They get they get a little beat up at this stretch, and they actually drop three okay. in a row. And, and people are saying, "Well, oh, what's going on, man?" I'll say this: one and two. Then 
one and okay. two. I, I I highly doubt they lose all three of those. I highly doubt. Let me throw you a little they're, bone they're, here. What's that? Three, one and two all time against Notre Dame. The series first started in 2014. They won uh, by three in 2014. They lost by 18 in 2019, but then they lost by five in 2020. Uh, from a program head to head standpoint, they're they've been pretty close to Notre Dame. Uh, I still I, think Notre Dame's a loss, but and I still think they. I, I agree they lose three in a row, but one and two is very possible. Oh, very possible. I mean, NC State's known for losing this that game. I feel like just like that game on national t- TV, like the Thursday Friday game. I just feel like NC State, like I think they'll get one at least one. Um, That's not unreasonable at all. So that would put me at what? I would have them at five and two heading into their bye. Okay. okay, I'm at four and three. I think Patty's in the same boat. I'm I'm like four and a half, but yeah, four and three. I guess if I had to choose. Uh, now they host Duke out of the bye. I do think Duke is good, and I do think Mike Elko is good. And this game kind of scares me. This game kind of scares me, but I'm taking Louisville. But I I I think this is a game. If this was at Duke, I think I would take Duke. What are you doing here, Nick? I love the buy here. You know, if I have Louisville dropping three, I think the buy lets them catch their breath, regroup, and that coaching staff is really going to, you know, do some some twerks, find out what's working, emphasize that. I think they come back at home. And I think they beat Duke. Duke coming off NC State, then a road trip to Florida State, and then Louisville as a second end of that back to back road. That's a tough little stretch. You guys are probably right. Slight edge to Louisville. Uh, now Virginia Tech comes to town. I got this as a win. I'll probably say this six and six and three double digit. Colby's at seven yeah. and two. Yeah. Is L and N stadium better than lane stadium? The shack. The shack. Uh, six and two. No, uh, you, five and three, five and three. Yeah. For me. Okay. Then UVA on a Thursday night. This is their fourth weekday game, right? Um, uh, this is a UVA has to come to Louisville. I'm on Louisville and of course yeah. seven and three. Although let's let's uh, this uh, for being the replacement and uh, of Maryland in this cross division rivalry game six and five actually been a pretty dang good series a lot of close games still UVA very down Louisville looking better so got to give it to Louisville. Then so Colby, you have yeah. Matt you have Matt as eight and two and and you're pushing right now right? Yeah, and I got news for you, buddy. I got them at ten and two because <laughs> I I think they go to Miami. Uh, this is another one where I think they might have the crowd. I think the Louisville fans are super excited and no one goes to these Miami games that are an hour away. I think Louisville fans will travel to this. So especially with this ex- excitement around the program of the Brahms coming there. So um, give me a win in Miami gardens, Nick. I'm with you. Actually. I think Louisville closes out the year strong and not to jump ahead of ourselves, but I think they win their last five and uh, cash and over, which and over, which I didn't think they would get, but this schedule just breaks for them very nicely. Yeah, Patty, see what do you got happening in Miami Gardens here? Look, Miami has A uh, and M at North Carolina, Clemson at Florida State, and at NC State on that schedule. Miami after two losses, no fans show up, let alone five losses. Yeah. Uh, no one will be at this game except Louisville fans. So I will give that to Louisville. And then you have the governor's cup where the Kentucky wildcat cup. Now Kentucky's owned this rivalry lately. I don't know what makes you think that's going to stop either because I don't think Kentucky's actually that good. Right? I just think they've, they've been, they've been better. The, the Stoops has been the better coach. Well, finally, I think Louisville has got they've a been guy better on the, they've been better on the line too. You yeah. Know. 
but, much more physical. But I think this is this is the personal game. This is the one where Brahm is in town. This place is gonna be fucking bonkers. This place is gonna be bonkers. I can't wait to watch this game. This is one of the games I want to see most at all of this year. And uh, I think Louisville's gonna get it done because I think Brahm is ready to run through a wall uh, for this game. So give me give me Louisville at ten and two. And I've already kind of alluded to that. I think this is the game that gets them to nine and three and the over. But this is the game that gets Louisville fans really excited for for two thousand twenty four. Patty C. Look, they. Uh, uh, Kentucky won the first six games of the series. And you know, that was stopped ending in 1924. They took essentially like a, a 70 year break. Um, but since then Louisville has had the edge in this uh, rivalry. However, Kentucky winners are four straight and a lot of them by big scores. Yeah. Uh, Ken- Kentucky will get the win in this game again. Uh, that puts me at eight and four and look, it's very hard for me to pick uh, whether I think they're going to be over or under. I think they will be eight and four. Well, we but, got to, but I got yeah. to. And so look, <laughs> it's a new coach. Sometimes, sometimes things don't gel immediately. So I'm leaning under on Louisville. I got them playing in the ACC championship, Nick. And I'm curious where you have them. You know, I know we got to do our ACC, but plus 1100 to get Louisville to win the ACC. You have no idea who they could be playing. We're, we're assuming it's Clemson or Florida state. Who knows if you get it well, for one game? If you have a plus eleven hundred ticket, who knows, man? Uh, you saw Jeff Brom and the Purdue Boilermakers put it on Ohio State. You know you've seen them uh, score upsets uh, left and right at Purdue. So you get me. I'm in not the coming with game. you here. Yeah, this is where I think you're going a little too far. They're not going to win the ACC year one. But if you only I have them with two losses, Clemson they, and they Florida could, State play each other. There, so they're going to at least have one. True, and they don't play those two. But I, but so even if by a long shot they get to the championship game, I think Clemson and, and Florida State are potential, you know, college football playoff teams. Louisville is not there yet. So even if they get to the ACC championship game, I get your point. There's good value in them, but at the end of the day, I don't have them winning it. No. You know what? Listening to you guys talk, I'm actually leaning Colby's thought here because. Clemson and Florida State don't have proven quarterbacks, and the upside that Plummer brings State has a proven quarterback. No, but he's not. He hasn't proven health. He's been injured a lot. Even last year, he got injured in the Louisville game. I watched Travis play, and I'm still like, yeah, he runs around. He's 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 just good enough to keep you know making plays. But in a shootout situation, do I trust him to be able to keep up? I don't. Look, Plummer's solid too, but let's not. I mean, Plummer doesn't have anything under his career where he's going to be, you know, a great quarterback either. I well, think he's not. Well, no, he's got he's got Jeff Brom's offense. So yeah, for three that's years. what he's got. Yeah, that's what he's got working in his favor. Maybe so. even four years. It's not yeah. even him. Yeah. It's whoever's yeah. if he, a, a somewhat capable trigger man, six five two twenty. You know, he's got those kind of attributes. Uh, if he can be gunning the ball, I'm not saying he's going to be, but if they are. Then, if they are in the ACC championship, which their schedule, like you said, is very possible. Well, you just figure Florida State and Clemson's got yeah. Klubnik, two touchdowns, yeah. three interceptions last year. They, they, they are a very live dog in that setting. I think. NC Nick, you you have. I uh, disagree. Yeah. I think okay. uh, Clemson has owned the ACC championship of late, including last year. And while I get your point that it's value if 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 you can get that juicy of a price for a team that has a decent chance to get there, 
I just think at the end of the day, value doesn't mean anything unless they actually win. It's like people like, you know, bragging about closing line value. Well, that's all fine and dandy. If it hits, <laughs> if it doesn't hit, it doesn't matter. Cause you still lost. I'm just saying what like, value you had, but Brom schemes up very well. And I think Dabo Swinney's done an unbelievable job at Clemson, but at the same time, like there hasn't been a lot of great coaches in the ACC to me. And I think that, that this is a game that first off, they've never faced each other. He's never faced Jeff Brom. So if that was to I'm happen, I'm not saying Brom yeah. is a great coach. You're saying he's a great coach. I oh, think he's at uh, least yeah. a good coach. So you're higher on him than me. And, and you know, look, I, I'm not going to, you want to sprinkle a little bit. It's definitely juicy enough, but I won't be doing it. All right. Well, folks, we're, we're it is. so wait, are you actually on the over or the under? I'm on the under just okay. because I yeah. don't, I, I, I think there's a little more variability on what could happen. I think the, the, the floor is a little lower than you guys think. I think the, but I'm, I'm at eight and four. If I had to bet on any record, a lot yeah. of money, I think they'll be eight and four. Okay, folks. Well, uh, what do you, could you have them in the ACC? Cause you have what, uh, if Kentucky and Notre Dame are losses, are part of their loss, I could easily, yeah, very easily two, have them in two, the ACC. Yeah, championship so that, that's what makes this so compelling this yeah. year and, and why they're must watch TV. So folks, uh, look, we're all, uh, me and Nick are on the over Patty C's on the under, uh, look, before we get out of here, I had a chance to sit down with Michael Barker, AKA college football campus tour to talk about his experiences to, to Louisville, Kentucky to catch a Cardinal game. So uh, with no further ado, let me play that interview for you. Joining me on the college football experience, Louisville Cardinals, 2023 season preview episode is none other than Michael Barker, AKA college football campus tour. Which you should be following on Twitter at CFB Campus Tour because he's got, I think, one of the coolest pages in all of all of Twitter world with when it comes to college football. You know, he's he's been to a he's been to every FBS stadium, most of the FCS, uh, and he documents all of it. And he goes to like five, six, seven games a week, some weeks, and it's just a must follow. Uh, Michael, I appreciate you hopping on the show to talk about. They're calling this thing. L and N federal credit union stadium. Now it used to be called Papa John's, but then Papa John ended up being racist and, and he left. Uh, but uh, what talk to me about, you know, your, the history of the stadium and, and your experiences there. So I'm going to call it Cardinal stadium and that's what I'm going to call it. Uh, you know, this word salad stuff, you know, let them sort it out, but uh, it was built in 1998. It's actually one of the newer stadiums in the P five ACC. Um, as a 61,000 seat capacity, even in 25 years, it started out at 42,000. So they've added almost 20,000 seats in, in 25 years. Uh, what I really like about the walking around the stadium is at the top of one of the end zones, they have a bronze statue of Johnny Unitas overlooking the field. And it is right under one of the big video boards. And it's a common area where people walk around, a lot of students up there. And it's just a cool vibe being up there. And one of the most distinct things about the stadium is I'm going to call it an arrow, but the bleachers, they come to a point at the addition and it's very unique. And what I've read is it's loosely based on the design of Lumen field, which is the Seattle Seahawks stadium. So uh, you, you won't see any, the only bleacher I can think of that's kind of like it is North Texas has the Eagle wing uh, but this one comes to a point rather than looking like a wing, but really creative. And again, they've expanded this almost, you know, uh, added 20,000 seats in less than 25 years. So that shows the growth of the program. 
Yeah, Jeff and them hiring Brom, I think, is is fantastic for the the program and for the city. And and by the way, I know you're calling it Louisville Stadium. I forgot we have a name for it now after the Papa John thing because Shaq bought into Papa John's. Mm. We call it the Shaq. The Shaq. Go go catch a Louisville game at the Shaq, folks. Uh uh, so how many times you been to the stadium? So I've been there for two games. I was there once in uh, 2019 and I went to a, uh, I want to say it was a Friday night game last year against Florida state. It was a great game. Uh, but the one that was in 2019 was the most notable for me. It was a Monday game on the opening week of the season of labor day. And it was part of a five game and five day stretch. And it was Thursday, Clemson, Friday, Michigan state, Saturday, Vanderbilt Sunday, Oklahoma Monday, Louisville, and so you know five P fives in five days. Got to see Jalen Hurst first game at uh, Oklahoma, so cool. But what was good about this one is Notre Dame, big time opponent. They actually set the record for capacity: fifty eight thousand one hundred eighty seven fans came to the game, and for about two and a half quarters, it was a battle. Uh, Louisville hung in there. The crowd was really into it. And eventually, uh, Ian Book led Notre Dame, uh, and they pulled away to win it 35-17. So, and I, like I said, I went there last year for that weeknight game against Florida State. So, both great games, exciting environment, and you know, Cardinal Stadium, what Shack, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, no disrespect, it's a great stadium, and uh, I always like going there. They actually have a game November 10th um, that I'm planning on going to as well. So that will be three in the last four years. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I am really excited about the Brahm era. Hey, this, yeah. the shoe fits, man, the shoe fits. I think we got, they got a great thing going with Jeff Brahm there. And look, what'd you say? November 10th. Is that what you said? November 10th, November 10th folks. If you're in the area, say what's up to Michael Barker because, and also, I mean, did you hear what he just rattled off when one of the times he went to uh, the, the shack, he said, Oh, it was, uh, it was the fifth game in five days. You know, and he rattled off all this. That's why you should follow his page because he documents all of it. It's super educational. He'll throw up a bunch of uh, a bunch of history about the the stadium, or some old shots of the stadium when they're first built. Absolutely fantastic follow. And Michael, uh, love what you do over there, man. So keep it up, brother. Thanks for hopping on the show. Yeah, thanks for the kind words. Thank you for having me as always, and I'll see you next time. All right, take care, brother. You too. Michael Parker. We got to get to the shack guys. We got to get down there to Louisville. Check out bourbon trail. Get yourself a Louisville slugger. I like that. You know, I I was looking at pictures of the stadium while he was talking. They do have that pointy uh, bleacher on one of the uh, end zones. Kind of like uh, Seattle. There was a great story a couple years back of a Louisville fan and a Kentucky fan in an old folks home having a brawl. Because the bat, because the basketball game, right? I love it. They got into a huge fight. They're both in their eighties. Dementia, who knows? Right? Not a problem. Not a problem. Let's watch the game and fight. Getting chippy. That's rivalry. Welcome to the college experience. Yes, (laughs) they they, they still got the energy, man. The state of Kentucky is Iowa Junior. I think both of these teams were like in the top twelve in total or scoring defense last year. It's a defensive battle. Well, now the Brahms here, maybe not so much, but it's true. At least last year it was. Either way, I'm glad. I think this rivalry is going to get spiced up a little bit with the Brom, the, the return of the Brom brothers. Especially if Louisville yeah. can, because Kentucky just being in the SEC legitimizes them. Who, you know? who wins in a fight, the Bash brothers or the Brom brothers? 
<laughs> well, are steroids involved? Because if they're not, the Bash Brothers are probably. Wait, uh, don't I have a Brom drop on this soundboard? Uh, but uh, I, th- I think I do. Uh, do he, when he says, "Do I have a pulse?" There you go. Right, That's right. right. You remember that? I, I don't dial know. that one up. I, I got to find. Oh, what that I'm saying. One. My question is this: Louisville, if they do somehow win an ACC championship, do they get legitimate? It's the same thing at like Utah in the Pac-12. These these group of five teams. I think TCU finally just like ascended into that level where they're a legit power five, and everyone looks at them that way. Utah is probably there by now. Louisville, I don't know if everyone sees them that way, but if they get there and everyone sees them as legit power five, then do they start owning the state of Kentucky, recruiting Ooh. wise? I mean, I think they're going to be bad. Fan wise, but, but that rivalry is going to get just better and better. I can't find it, but there's that thing where. He, oh, he, you know, Jeff Brown says Brown that great the most quote. memorable moment in XFL history. Yeah, where he says, "Like, it, it, do I have a heartbeat?" Yeah, are they? they yeah. Like, got like fifteen broken bones. Yeah, and they're like, "Are you gonna play?" And he's like, "Do I have a heartbeat?" Boom. Or do let's I have a play pulse? football. Uh, yeah, I'll go out with the with it. And uh, look, folks, uh, I'm on the over. NC Nick's on the over. Patty C's on the under. Cannot wait to see. And you might have this one being heard on an episode in August by Old Pick Dundee, folks. Oh. Folks, subscribe to the College Football Experience. Remember, we host that. We host the FCS College Football Experience, the College Basketball Experience, the College Baseball Experience, and we we have a brand new feed for the col- the Big Twelve College Experience. So check out all of them. We come together on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash the College Experience for the hub for all of them. So subscribe and please hop on over to iTunes, give us a five star review, and come talk college football with us in the Discord, SportsGamblingPodcast.com/slash Discord. We're always talking whatever sport you like in there. So hop on over. It's a bundle of fun. All right, folks, this is the college football experience. Louisville Cardinal style. You better be thinking about yours. Yes, I do. Let's play football. <laughs>